Hey, what's up? It's King On Dixon, a.k.a. R&B Kenny. You might be listening to Closer Deluxe right now, uh, or you might have caught one of these sold-out shows on my first headliner tour. Uh, but most importantly, what's up, Nyla? We need to talk. What's going on, guys? Nyla Simone here, and welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. Now, today, I got R&B superstar Kenyon Dixon in the building. How are you? Good. I'm good. I feel, I feel amazing. Kenny got so. I love yeah. the name. Thank you. Did you get it from the gym event? Absolutely. You did? Yeah. That's one of my favorite, like, uh, musical adaptations ever. So, yeah. specifically, that version of it is like, yeah. That's hilarious. Yo, how are you? Welcome to New York. Thank you. Amazing to be here. Um, you know, New York weather right now. I know. Yeah. Sorry. But. You came on a rainy awesome. day. <laughs> yeah. I like walking, too. So, that's the, the part that uh, that sucks about the rain. So, I'm like, specifically, when I come to New York, I always know, like, I'm going to be able to walk around. But you're going to limit that. A little bit. It's not that yeah. bad though. You can it's still. It's not that bad. He's I'm not. I'm not. It's not terrible. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> understood. Understood. How, how often are you in New York? Do you get to like explore? Uh, I come here pretty often. I feel like I'm here every couple months. I mean, it's a big like hub for music. So yeah. there's, I'm always doing shows or some sort of activations or something out here. So ever thought about moving out here? Nah, I'm like LA to the core. Oh, I love it though. Yeah. I, I love. I love. You know, I'm a. I'm a city boy. Not in that way, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. not in yeah. that way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I love you know I love the city, and so like you know especially again walking around everything like that. Like I love that whole whole That's culture, right. and we can't we don't do that in L.A. So yeah, it's so funny because I feel like well I'm not a native New Yorker, but I've been here ten years, and mad people are like yeah I'm moving to L.A., but L.A. Yeah. is never like I'm moving to New York. Yeah. It's never the opposite. It's a it's a culture shock, and and L.A. is big on like space so like when you uh even stuff as simple as like understanding the culture of like how y'all commute out here so people walking so closely to like la la people would like lose their minds living here they wouldn't know what to do with that yeah there's i was um visiting a friend in la and i parked in my friend's like driveway and his neighbor was grilling me i'm like i'm here to visit my friend like i'm not even yep. bothering you sounds about right but that <laughs> That's so interesting. All right. Um, yo, congratulations on all the Grammy nominations. Thank you. That's thank you, thank major. You. Thank you. We'll see uh R&B see if we get this other one. Yeah, though so those those nominations uh we submitted for consideration and those nominations are being announced uh on the fifteenth on Tuesday. So. Do you have the inside scoop already or you genuinely don't know? Nah, nah, I really don't know. You really don't I know. really don't know. Okay. You know, I I was I got a nomination last year. Uh, for a collaboration that myself, PJ Morton, and BJ the Chicago oh, yes. Kid did, mm-hmm. and so uh, this year, you know, going forward again, so we'll see what happens in, in a little bit. A little bit nervous, or just in a little bit. I'm nervous, like a natural nervous, but you're at peace either way. At peace because I love the music that I put out, and I think regardless, it's deserving of everything that we submitted for for consideration. So. For sure. I would still feel like I won either way. I love that. Definitely for best R&B project. I appreciate it. That one for sure. Thank you. Closer to. I was like, it, it makes sense. Again, I, as I was telling you, I'm like, I'm a new fan, but I'm like, damn, I wish I'd been new. Nah, that's love. <laughs> so for those who don't know who you are, how long have you been making music? What's your background? What got you into it? So I've been in music um, or in entertainment rather professionally since I was like seven years old. And so I started off. Uh, in the church, my parents were pastors, so 
uh, you know, had Both to be in church. Them? Yeah. Wow. Monday through Sunday, I'm in church. Um, ironically, I couldn't even listen to R&B music growing up. So it's interesting even to me that I'm in this space. But I always say that um, R&B is what happens when, like, church kids rebel. Like, mm. that really is. Rebel based on what the, the guidelines of, you know, the religion is. But, um, yeah, I, I grew up in the arts, like, dancing, singing, doing everything possible. Oh, wow. And so when I was maybe, like, a senior in high school, um, MySpace was the thing. I put out, started putting out music on MySpace. Then we got SoundCloud, started putting music out on SoundCloud. Then we got access to the DSPs, learned how to put that out. And I just, uh, you know, kind of kept going. But um, early on, like right after I graduated from high school, I started touring as a background vocalist and, and you know, working as a background vocalist. I've worked with everybody and toured with everybody from Justin Timberlake to Nick Jonas to Jill Scott, Kirk Franklin, Kelly Rowland, like all these people. But... um still balance that with my own art. I never stopped making my own music. I would be in the dressing room, recording, um, opening for, for other artists. At one point, I was on tour with uh, Justin Timberlake and opening for Marsha Ambrosius on her tour on my days off on the tour with JT. And wow. the routing was kind of like parallel, so I would just fly to the other city and, you know, make it back. So I always stuck with my stuff, and I finally That's made the— nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's the hustle. It's the grind. But yeah. when I made the decision, um, you know, I kind of hit that ceiling where I was like, yeah, "It's time for you to just do your stuff," um, and never regret it. Like I, I'll never regret that decision because some amazing stuff happened like immediately, and Perfect. everything just. The universe always gives you the sign. Every time. What was the sign for you that you knew? All right, it's time to pivot. I think I always knew. Honestly, I never felt. So I never felt like I was making myself small, lending to anybody else's vision, but I never felt like, I never felt comfortable um, or complete, rather, only doing that. It always felt like, you know, I had a story that I needed to tell, and if I if I didn't, you know, the world was missing out on something. So I think there was always that little, like, inclination or that push to uh, really just, you know, do my own thing, so. Do you feel like sometimes um, it's more so, like, Stepping into who you are, it's like you working with all these people is ironing, shopping, iron, iron, shopping, iron, yeah. and then you're like, you know what? I'm sharp enough. I think I can penetrate you. So I think, yeah, there's like there's like a duality there because I I think you're you're always sharpening your craft when you're around like other creatives. Because I I used to be on stage in these arena shows, sold out, sitting background and like imagining like, yo, that's gonna be me. Yeah up there and all these people, you know, are going to be here. But I think even at that time I had already possessed whatever, like I could have went to the front of the stage in that moment. So, so what was stopping you? But you know, in manifestation, visualizing it is half the battle. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very being true. Being able to see it just means it's going to come true. It's just up to you on when. Yeah. But what was stopping you from making it happen faster? I guess. I think myself, I think that, you know, when you're it's it's different when when you work for yourself and you're putting out your own art because the comfort comfortability of being able to uh, lend to the production of somebody else's vision also comes with like the financial stability, the the mental stability as well of yeah. knowing what this looks like. It's uncharted territory when you walk away from all of that and say, "I'm just going to do this" because you don't know what's going to happen. You can have the faith and manifest it, but there's no like time on manifestation, so it's like. <laughs> You know, it's like a gamble. Yeah, it's yeah. like you never know. But I'm so grateful that it like immediately I saw, you know, I saw 
that that was what I was supposed to be doing. How did you, what was the telling sign that, all right, I'm on the right track? I think it, like as soon as I start putting out music, like the platforms happen, the, mm. the growth, the streams, okay. like, yeah, it's everything just, all of the, all of the little signs that let you know you're heading in the right direction, it all started happening. But most importantly, like I felt fulfilled. I think that was my biggest, my biggest thing. Like I felt like I, I felt happy. Mm. Um, and I kind of filter everything through that. Like if I don't feel good about it, I just won't do it. Good. Good that you're in touch like that. Yeah. A lot of people are like, you know, miserably in love with whatever they got going yeah. on. And I just love the aesthetic. Love the aesthetic. Ugh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hate that. But that's really dope. Okay, so um, you jumped out on your own. So is this project closer, your first project, or I'm, all right, I'm late. Yeah, I'm yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so closer is, uh, what, like my fifth album or so? Fifth? But... So I've always, I do like a, a large majority of my music. I've written 100% of everything I've ever put out. I've wow. produced um, like a lot of that music. And so I say all of that because before I was even at the level that I'm at now and had the visibility that I have now as an artist, um, I, I was just pumping out music. So it's like. Blood in the streets. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, to me, I would say what I define as like, consistent or no i think all of my music has been consistent but what i would define as like essential kenyan dixon albums i would say i have like three but there are like projects um so there's closer slash closer deluxe there's expectations which was right before this okay and uh i don't i don't know how we are are we uncensored on here okay so i have have a, a project before that i put out called niggas get emotional too and so um those are like Three staples that any fans would tell you, like, yo. This is, yeah. He's that guy from these projects. Yeah. And I have previous music, they know all of it the same, but I, I consider those like my, my testing stages. Yeah. yeah. It's all, and it's, it's all, it was all consistent, but it was like, once I got to those three, I knew I had locked in on like my sound and like, you know, everything. So identity as an artist. Yep. And okay. I really like the title of Niggas Got Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one, man. It was, it was that time. I'm, I'm big on like classic R and B, and a huge part of classic R and B is like the vulnerability and the yeah. emotion and everything like that. And so I wanted to make a project that showed like, because the expectation of men nowadays, and I mean we play into it a lot too, so I can't just blame it on society. But it's like the expectation nowadays is like we just walk around like one emotion. We only show like anger or everything is like super hyper masculine so i wanted to make some vulnerable and emotional music too because i think you get slack when it's art like if a if a guy not connected to any type of you know creativeness or art was just talking about his emotion it would come off a certain way but it's like as an artist i know i can finesse being able to you know tell our stories and so that's really what what that project was about just being able to showcase um how multifaceted like we are as fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Even, especially as an R&B singer, you can finesse being toxic. And Absolutely. It lovely. It's like. <laughs> I've done it. I got, I got my share of, of toxic songs Yo, for sure. That sounds toxic. I'm like, why am I singing this? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I've been there. Yeah. So, okay. So from the, the trilogy that you have, what would you say is the evolution of you yourself as an artist? Um, well, I think that's what makes my music stick. It, uh, is that, all of my music progresses as I progress as a person. So 
it's like not like a persona. Like my brand is literally me, my everyday life that I live. I only write from what I feel. Um, and it's not always like immediate experience, but sometimes like I'm a huge like empath. Um, I'm a cancer. So, you know, they say we're like super sensitive to stuff. So you can play music with no lyrics and I'll, I'll already kind of feel what the story is just by listening. And so I've always been tapped in like, you know, to that. So when I write the music, it just comes from like an honest space. So I think the evolution has just been, it's been real, like in real time, like, yeah, like the music, which where the music has progressed is really like reflects, you know, who I am and what I do. That's fly. Love that. I like your, uh, Oh, I, that was one of my questions. It's like, okay, so when you're making music, like, what's the vibes like? I feel like yeah. you got the lights low, candles lit, <laughs> and you know, you got like a muse in the corner or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, it depends. It depends on what the record feels like. Okay. Like, for instance, when I was making um, the Closer album, there's a record on there called What You Trying to Do featuring uh, my girl Gwen Bunn. And that record, I wanted to tap into my like, my Marvin era and like the, you know, the smoothness and the finesse. And so, I took a video of him that I really liked where he was just super cool to energy. I mean, radiating like through the screen, like you, he's just that guy. And so I muted it. I wrote that whole song looking at that video. Yeah. And so like there are times where I've written songs where like, you know, if I want to feel like the man, I'll go put, throw like the fur on or something. I'm just in the house, like in the crib, but <laughs> it's like, it, it, it puts me in that space. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like sometimes I, I'll like completely get dressed like I'm going outside just to record because it really does, you know, change how I feel about stuff. So dang, that actually says a lot. It's kind of like how actors, when acting, they have to actually fake uh -huh. drink. Like you can't yeah. just fake drink. <laughs> you actually got to drink. Um, yeah. So that's funny. Okay, so during the album, were you in first? <laughs> not, not for this one. Okay. Not for this one. It, it, ha it happened in uh, a previous album, but. I should I should have been for the Marvin records for sure because yeah. I, I just feel like Marvin Gaye and Fur is is synonymous. What about the Isley one? So I still love you, which people call Isley. Um, it's not called Isley. So no, it's just an acronym for oh, for I, I still, still love you. Oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> but you know it. Yeah, visually I completely get it. Um, but yeah, that one. My inspiration for that record was really like those bop. Like love songs though, like of the early two thousands that we used to get from like the groups and like, you know, where it's still hip. Yeah, yeah. one twelve is a prime example yeah. where they had records where they were really like talking about love, but you you were really like dancing and chilling. Mm -hmm. Music Soul Child did it a lot too, actually. Yo, like with honestly, Buddy and I didn't want yeah. yeah. I, I, I told my boyfriend, <laughs> I'm like, yo, you reminds me of a, a Music Soul Child album. Like, I wish I could I buy it music. on vinyl so I could have you. Sign it. Is that good? That's love. Yeah. That's love. Yeah. It's, you should drop vinyl, by the way. I keep getting told. You know, we've been working on it. Vinyl is... Uh, it's expensive. It's expensive, yeah. and the production time is so lengthy. Like, Whoa. they need, like, 14 weeks to produce it. Like, it, it takes... On average, I've seen... The lowest I've probably seen to produce vinyl was, like, 10 weeks, maybe. Damn. So, it's like, it really takes, you know, a lot. But I, I'm going to get it done. And it's funny, because... I can complain about the production time, but that means the longer I take <laughs> to do it, it's just going to keep waiting. pushing it back. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to just do it. I'm definitely signed up. I was like, man, I almost, because you know, you can make one of ones. They cost like $100. Yeah, yeah. They take like two weeks. Yeah. But I didn't have two weeks to yeah. before I interviewed you, so I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. But you should I got definitely you. <laughs> do vinyls. 
um, because it's it's that classic. So yeah, that's crazy. Music Soul Child is one of your favorite. Yeah, man, I love I love music. Music really gave us some classic R and B, and when classic. you know, like when you think about R and B and the, like the love of it all, I think music is a great artist. Like I've never I've never really heard any Music Soul Child songs with bad energy. I think people sleep on that coming from R and B artists. Like so when you go to the shows, like for my shows, for instance, on tour. No bad energy in the room, never any arguments, never. And I think that people don't understand, like, that translates from the music. Like, because if, if we're at a show and the stuff I'm singing about is, you know, it makes you tap into certain emotions. Like, people come to my shows, they want to they wanna feel love. They want to be in love. They come with, you know, their partners Partner, and, yeah. like, yeah. So I think music is, every Music Soul Child concert, and I've seen them, like, probably, like, a handful of times. It's always like I'm looking at like a date night, never fails, and I think that speaks to the type of music that that he puts out. He really has uh, done his job to like push the the genre forward and like love, which I think is important. Yeah, now music is definitely different. I was honestly, what did you watch the versus music and Anthony Hamilton? I think I was like, I was doing a show or something at that oh. moment. I caught like highlights after. Gosh. Nah, it was so good. So good. That's Anthony some good Hamilton music. Another one. Yeah, yeah. I was like, honestly, at first, I was going for music. So child. I'm like, oh, music got this yeah. easy. But then Anthony Hamilton, I'm like, I forgot. You know, I forgot how great these artists are. But um, I like what you said about how, like, your music brings energy. And I feel like everything that we do brings energy. Every like, single thing. If I'm in a bad mood, I hate doing an interview if I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to be present with you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So um, what are some of the practices that you practice to make sure that you're always, you know, good spirited when producing and making music and even performing? So I think it's really all about being in touch with yourself because the thing is you're always going to have the universe has that balance. So you're not going to walk, walk around feeling a hundred and like, like love all the time, but you can learn how to offset that by being in touch with yourself. And like, just like what you said, like you don't, you won't do it if you feel, if you don't feel good. And I'm the same way. If I know that my energy is off um, and I'm getting ready to go into somewhere, I'll wait. Like, you know, talk myself through or get my energy together because you like reproduce that energy when you walk in there, people are feeling great. And now they're like, well, what's wrong with you? And that changes their energy. And next thing you know, the whole room is just weird. So I think uh, I just, you know, I, I work on myself and like, you know, just kind of practice that therapy is also amazing for stuff like that. Cause I've learned tactics on how to quickly resolve stuff. Um, That's good. Yeah. I, I remember when I first, um, you know, um, got paired with my therapist, I used to tell him, I felt like I had trouble quickly letting things go. Like if I'm in traffic and somebody does something crazy, <laughs> I'm like, here I am mad for the next couple hours, and they're somewhere not even thinking about what happened. Right. I was literally asking my therapist. I'm like, yo, man, how do I, like, how can we fix this? And so um, learning, you know, those quick resolution tactics. What I think was that, the that quick helps. resolution for you? What is it? He he taught me how to accept moments for what they are, which I thought was really important. Like, when you're disappointed, it's okay to be disappointed in that moment, but you don't have to tie that into your entire day. Like, okay. this happened there, and you actually can't get that moment back. And when I understood that perspective, and I realized, like, that happened, and there's actually nothing I can do to go back and fix that, literally, I'm doing myself a disservice by holding on to this. Because when you think about it, the other person has went on about their day. You don't even like exist to them. Food, yeah, seeing girlfriend. Yeah, in <laughs> yeah. a you know completely different mood. So I think uh, 
learning learning moments and learning how to have your moments and leave stuff there in that moment is like a, a life lesson that I would, you know, suggest to anybody. Definitely. A lot of things that you talk about are like, yeah, they're great tactics, but they're definitely easier said than yeah, done. Yeah, 100%. Like, it still took me a while after hearing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like... um because even I am, like, still in the process of retraining my brain. It's a lot of, like, unlearning and retraining yeah, yourself. A lot. But you have to be willing to un- unlearn and For retrain. Sure. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people in the world aren't even aware of, like, this is toxic and I can stop. You know yeah. what I mean? A lot of people just continue on with their bad habits and toxic cycles. Yeah. Do you have any people like that in your life that you are able to help and how to break through? Um... I'm very honest with my friends. And <laughs> we're we're honest with each other, but That's good. Th- therapy literally put me in that place. Like, I kid you not. And Did I have they to receive give, it well? Uh ultimately. And I, and I'm not you gotta know your friends, you gotta know how to play it to them as well. Right, right. And so like all the love in the world to my therapist for teaching me how to I used to hold on to a lot of thoughts and wait until I was overwhelmed and express it. And then so your way of expressing it would yeah it would be out of frustration so what helped me is in those moments where people were doing things or i had thoughts about something that were worth addressing my therapist taught me to like speak it immediately get it out get the energy out because i'm a very careful careful person so like i don't like to say anything until i've like fully yeah yo i'm the same way but if you do enough work on yourself you can trust the positioning of yourself and whatever is coming out to be a little more, a little more stable. Um, yeah. And so I trust myself now. And so in those moments, I'm able to tell my friends, like when I feel like, you know, if somebody called me like, yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't say I'm always playing devil's advocate. Cause I actually hate when people do that to me when I'm expressing things that are like super matter of fact, I'm like, yo, shut up. I don't want to <laughs> hear that right now. But yeah. um, my friends call me like, yeah, so, this person said blah blah blah, and I'm like, "Well, what you said you did was a little, little weird. Like, think about they were just responding, you know, to X, Y, and Z. So, like, sometimes they, you know, they feel away, like, man, and then they always come back, like, all right, you was right. right. Like, I just, you know, so, but they're the same way with with me. So, I think that's the amazing part. Like, we facilitated a reciprocal space, a healthy reciprocal space that it's not just me telling them." You know, whatever we we can hold each other accountable. So that's good. A lot of people like accountability, man. Yeah, that that is tons, really good. tons of people. You said what? Tons of people like accountability. Yeah, I think everything in like a lot of the problems that the world faces, and I, I guess as a culture, because you mentioned earlier, um, what'd you say? The dating standards, like what's oh, expected yeah. of men. I I think really what everything boils down to is just lack of discipline and lack of accountability. Yeah, yeah. Lack of discipline on men, you know, for like what they say they want, but then be wanting other shit. <laughs> and then uh, lack of accountability on both men and women uh-huh. on just deliverables. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I think it's uh, – and people, people just don't like change. I understand that because I think that's like a human – that's like a – a human benefit. Like you like the feeling of being settled into something. So it's never easy if you live your whole life one way or, or, you know, just kind of, you've decided like, this is who I am years later to find out that you can be better or, or 
this behavior doesn't work. Um, but you never, it's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. But yeah. but people don't like that. Change can be scary. They never because you don't know it's uncharted territory. You don't. You never know what what you're going to get out of it. So I think people are like really scared to, you know, just really work on themselves at times. Understood. And, yeah, I get it. So for you though, you're always on tour. You've been touring for like three <laughs> years straight. How how are you adjusting to that? Because that's like Yeah. It's different. So this year I probably did the most touring this year for myself. Um, as I've done any year, like because this was my first headlining tour. So we finished the US run and then uh went internationally. So it's like it's a much different feeling, but I, I can say that. yo, how many shows did you do over there? Um, international, we did, uh, London, Paris, I went to Amsterdam, and then we did Toronto. What'd you do in Amsterdam? Uh, so I had been to Amsterdam before, okay. so, I, so I already know you that. You already got uh, that yeah. out <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, um, my manager was with me, he had never been, so I, I took him to, you know, the district and showed okay. him, and yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know, pretty, uh, pretty fun experience, but the shows were amazing. I think, to have the, the U.S. shows, and- Half of the tour was sold out when we did the U.S. shows, which was already wow. crazy. Played two nights in some cities. And so to go overseas and it looked the same, like especially the London show, the London show, like there was barely room to like stand in the venue. Wow. That's mind blowing to me. Like I'm from L.A. I wrote all this music in my crib at the house. and <laughs> Y'all are singing these songs word for word. Yeah. Like like I didn't just come up with this in the comfort of my home. Like that's a, a wild feeling. So, But I will say... Um, I've worked with and toured with some amazing people, but working for and touring for myself has nothing feels like that. That's probably like one of the greatest feelings I felt so rewarding to walk out on a stage and all these people are there and screaming and just ready to receive like what you have to give. Like that's, that's an incredible feeling. I love that. And it's dope. Cause you're just, you're intentional with it. You know what I mean? So that's respect. Um, what, what would you say? Were there like any culture shocks from your travels? Um, or they Par- Paris is always interesting. I've been to Paris before, but the language barrier mm-hmm. is a wild one because to me, the it, food barrier, I'd be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> they have, you know, they have good Italian food, um, in Paris actually. Really? So like their pasta is like the fresh the it's the freshest like pasta I don't it's the way they cook it and I mean you know we all know like al dente but they know something we don't know for sure <laughs> okay. like in in Paris all I ate was pasta like mm. and um I just the the language barrier is crazy because you really don't it's hard to understand but and when you say you don't understand them, sometimes they don't understand that you're saying that and they keep talking to you that way. And you're just there like, oh, yeah. And they're looking like that doesn't match what I asked you. And I'm like, yeah. well, I don't really know what you said. So um, there was a lot of that. But I, I love <laughs> it. I love like reading the body language and kind of figuring it out that way. Yeah. Now it's fun. So, OK, Paris, uh, you said Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. London was easy. Uh, what was the last one? Uh Toronto. Toronto. Oh, but they... they speak yeah, yeah. Toronto, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto, still, like, different culturally, though. They mm. they still have... Toronto culture is, like, a, a bit different than in the States. I don't really know how to explain it, but they're, like, a lot more chill and laid back. 
Um, mm. Like then, and I'm from LA, like where you and go you to shows. <laughs> yeah, like where you go to shows, and you would think somebody didn't even enjoy themselves because they're it's just sitting so there, cool. and then they're online. Like that? this is the most amazing show ever. <laughs> like I would have never that? known. Um, I think we, I think we're so used to like the best of everything and the mm. best of everybody. Like you got to realize, LA too. Like for a native, LA is really just uh, it's full of people who were like the best where they're from. So it's like all the people that, yeah, that made it out of, they come to LA. So I think LA is so used to like the finesse of it all. And like just everybody always like turning it on that you just go places. And it's like, I've seen this a million times. Yeah. And we have like a lot of, you know, a lot of talented people like, you know, it's, I mean, Hollywood is entertainment headquarters. So we've seen, um, just, you know, being the natives, that's not something that we frequent because we know how it typically goes. So yeah. I think people are just, you know, but L.A. loves uh, gangster rap more than anything. I love L.A. You go to a rap concert, you go to a Dom Kennedy concert, you go see you go see Kendrick, you go, you know what I'm saying? Like, L.A. Yeah. gonna go up every time. So you're saying they don't treat R&B good over there? They love me. My city loves me. Okay, my, okay. my city <laughs> loves our R&B artists. Myself, okay. Alex Isley, Eric Bellinger, Sir Tiffany Goucher, oh like God, they, yeah. we it's get love from guys. our city. Yeah. yeah, LA has a great, like a really great R and B music scene that I think a lot of people don't blessed, don't know. Bless R and B. Bless is from LA. Yeah, I, I was still. Yeah, I, I will put him in the R and B adjacent. Like Phil, he's he's definitely like making you know the yeah. the type of music that should be regarded as such. So, so I want to know. Are you and Anita Baker best friends yet, or what? I mean, listen, <laughs> Anita. <if> you, <laughs> man, I, I love her. I, I, I feel like in my head, in my head, that's auntie. So, yeah. Um, but she shows so much love, man. It's super cool, and it just speaks to being a real legend, man. Because speaks to your work more than anything. I love that too. Yeah. I love that too. It's very affirming. But I've worked with so many, so many people who would never show that show that kind of love people I've worked with closely and directly who would never, they would never take to their platforms to affirm and, and co-sign other artists. They just wouldn't do it. It doesn't really happen in R and B music, especially with the guys. And so you got somebody like Anita Baker who is, I mean, a legend, yeah. literally. You and skip the line over whoever you talk yo, to. Don't for even real. <laughs> and and she does not hesitate to show love to what she actually loves. And I think that that's so cool, especially in a, in a culture where we're questioning like the existence of R and B. You have somebody who is an example of the type of R and B that we want. should make, acknowledging that the music is still being made. Like that, to me, trumps the entire conversation. Yeah. You know, people say that R&B is dead. I don't think people still say R&B is dead, though. But I they know that it. still. Yeah, they still, believe it or not. Well, okay. What, what I think they mean when they do say that is just that it's not being promoted. Yeah, yeah. That's all I think they mean. Because, like, all the artists that I actually listen to aren't necessarily the artists I spend in the club. You yeah, know yeah, what I of mean? course. So it's like, um, just just so you know, we're giving you yeah. your flowers. You know? I appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, but you don't need them for me. You got Anita Baker. Nah, I, I, I appreciate that. Y'all should do a song together. That's at the top of my list, okay. literally. That's like my number one, number one collab, man. I would you, love to uh, make to a DM record. DM her back and be like, or tweet yeah. her back and be like, Yo, stop playing and pull up. <laughs> I got I got the record ready. Anita, I, I'm ready. I'm ready when you're ready. But nah, that's, I, I agree. Um, 
I think that, you know, it's not as promoted, it's not as prevalent, but I, I, I wish that the consumers sometimes would understand that when they say that, instead of promoting the artist, it digs the conversation even deeper um, because that was an opportunity to the encounter with. So here are the artists that I feel like should get more visibility. But again, I think in male R&B, it's an even bigger problem because you just don't you don't get those cosigns from male R&B artists. Like I see it happen a lot more with with women. Um, but with men and, and our OGs um, in R&B music, they don't they just don't show love like That's that. That's a really good point. I never like put it like male versus female, but you know, Mary J. Blige just did a tour with LMA and Queen Isa. Always. But it would be really dope yeah. to see something like that with you guys. Yeah, got the, the like I don't know I don't know what it is with male culture. I don't know if it's the idea that like everybody still wants to always be the have guy. that relevancy, yeah, and be yeah. that be that one. But um and it's, it's specifically in R and B, because rap culture is not the same. Rappers get online all the time and co sign the the upcoming yeah. you know but I think in in you know there might even be dynamic with that but I mean R and B we don't get it at all like usually you get the guys co signing artists who are either the older artists will usually co sign artists that they get they have they some type of immediate yep immediate <laughs> connection to yeah are they are there's like no room for comparison or any type of threat to yeah. them it, it's always like I'll talk about this artist because it it doesn't do anything, but I wish it was understood. Cause I think the, the, the younger generation understands it. We're, we like collaborating and also not doing people because they're a threat. is kind of corny not to do, not to say that, but it's kind of corny you. because a lot of times they don't really be that good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. yes. Like, <laughs> just that's, that's just the truth. That's yes. the truth of it all. And I think I wish they would understand like, and that's why that's what makes me love Anita Baker even more because she's uh, incredible and she knows that she's incredible and she understands that regardless nobody's going to be Anita Baker it can't happen yep. literally you can't be Anita Baker and so it I can say like for my generation it would feel more amazing and it, it would make more sense for our OGs to you know, affirm the artists that they love because that actually extends your legacy. That will make more people tap into, you know, what you're doing because the gap in how how music is being produced now in about another five years, the artists that we listened to 10 years ago that we considered the goats of our generation, these kids won't even know who these people are. I know. So it's like, it would actually be a, a, a great service yeah. to everybody for the quality artists to really like big up other quality artists that they feel like are doing it. But I think everybody wants to feel like nobody has made great music since they did. And yeah. that's the tough part. You know what I really think the root of it is? Well, well two things. One, I want to know, have you reached out to some of these people to do collab work? And then two, I want to say what I really think it is, is that in that era, they didn't have as much access yeah. to success. Yeah. And, um, you know, just like the things that we have the access to. So I feel like they're like, no, I got to eat now uh -huh. on this new level of field that we're on. So I think that's why they don't want to do it. But they can still do that and, you know, be 100%. invited. Because yeah. like you said, you got Mary who right. brought, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary has also, like, show love to even Summer. And, you know, like yeah. all the... I, I just saw Mary do an interview. 
she she shows some love to Alex Isley. Now, Alex wow. is Alex is an independent artist. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so, Mary is tapped in, and and this is this is also someone who's legendary in our genre. Her, so it's yeah. like, but you don't again, you don't really get the get the the fellas who are doing that. But I do think like, yeah, I do think that's a that's a point there where you know they're kind of like in this new. Because a lot of people got bad contracts. You know, yeah. the industry is just not a. An easy place to be in still, but now it's a little better because we have yeah. the freedom to go independent, you know, to do a lot yep. more decisions and on our own. A lot of us have, you know, a lot of us have tried to collaborate with some of these artists uh, and just nothing comes of it. And online makes everything more tricky because you can be like super performative and say X, Y, and Z and nobody will ever know. Like mm-hmm. that has happened and I've talked to other like fellow artists who that's happened to where we, you know, some of our heroes have been like, yo, I love your music. Let's collaborate. Hit them. Nothing. Yeah. Hit them again. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. You see them. Oh my God. I love your music. <laughs> you like, see, you got to really, you got to really wow them. You know what I mean? Like Anita, yeah. like you did yeah, with yeah. Anita. So I know that it's coming soon. Yeah. And I'm excited to hear what that sounds like. Thank you. Um, all right. So let me get into some questions. Yep. Thank you. My allergy is killing me. So if you see me rubbing my nose, oh, that's okay, what's going no worries. on. You need a tissue? I'm fine. All right. Yeah. I need to. I got to make sure I go take like a Claritin or something. Benadryl. I should have brought some. I'm going to keep it on me because. I usually allergy. have it, but my allergies have been good lately. So I thought I was safe. But the weather changes is going to always get me. Yeah. I thought I was safe. <laughs> All right. Let's play a game. Let's do it. <laughs> so, finish the sentence. The older I get, the less I blink. The older I get, the less I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. Okay, on average, how much you think you sleep? My sleeping is terrible. I probably... When I, when I fall asleep, max, I stay asleep for like four hours. And then I'm up, and then I'll probably fall back asleep for like an hour and a half, and that's it. Salute to the hustle, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I actually blinked when I was younger. Can't believe I actually doubted myself mm, when I was younger. I like that. An ideal world would be blank. An ideal world would be full of R&B music back, <laughs> back at its rightful place. You're saying like R&B in the 90s. R&B needs to get back to being being pop music. Mm. Ooh, to being pop music? Yeah. I think, because I think R&B, R&B and the, the, the rhythm and the soul of R&B really fuels every other genre. There's no reason that R&B shouldn't be at the forefront of music in general. Hmm. But I think when we think about late 90s, early 2000s, R&B was pop music. That, that was the most popular music that we had. I think there was, I mean, hip-hop, of course. Yeah, yeah, but, um, it it, yeah, too, so. especially early 2000s, though, like and when we, you know, used to have MTV and see. Yeah. And the thing with the early 2000s, which is, is so great that we got away from is like our great rappers had singers on the hook. Yeah. A lot yeah, of yeah. my favorite I'm lyricists for that. will bar me to death. And I'm like, damn, I just want to yeah. hear a good song. You know, I know you can rap. I like the a, bars. Give me a section that I can catch on to. I just saw a clip of John Legend who was um, talking about all the features he had did that people didn't know. And so you 
think back to like Slum Village and yeah. Kanye West and like John was that guy that we're talking about. What? He yeah. made the hook. <laughs> yeah. He made the hook. Yeah, like that's that's our those are our favorite parts of the song. Yeah. The, Lil Mo and Fabulous. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yo. Give us a hook. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a R&B hook. <laughs> we need the hooks. Uh, hit up Kenny. <laughs> I'm All here. Right. I'm ready. So you would never believe me if I told you blank. You would never believe me if I told you that me, Eric Bellinger, and BJ the Chicago Kid all sang background for Usher at the same time. What? Yeah. <laughs> See? Wow. 2012 BT Awards, Climax. Wow, that's so nice. Yeah, such a random fact and crazy to see like where all of our our Y'all careers have progressed. Yeah. yeah, damn, that is crazy. I love that. That was a good one. Uh, my personality trait is blank. My personality trait is chill. I'm super chill and like I'm LA. Relax. I'm so yeah, LA. yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, it's on brand. Everything's on brand. <laughs> all right, all right. Sometimes I look back on my life and blank. Sometimes I look back on my life and I'm in awe to to see like what has developed the good and the bad because there's been some crazy stuff that I went through that I'm like it's kind of wild but um, <laughs> yeah just the dynamic and the progress in general um, I'm still like mind blown that I'm in the space I'm in now. Okay, uh, I made a complete fool of myself when I blanked. <laughs> I made a complete fool of myself when I. That's a great one. <laughs> hmm. I'm thinking. Yeah, take your time. You, you know be what? Honest. I, I'll tell you one one time that was really crazy. Okay. Um, I had got suspended from school and my mom didn't know. So, you know, like back then, like in middle school, they would like send the letters home. Um, they wouldn't always call and they would kind of leave it up to you to tell your, you know, your parents what's going on. And then they'll get the letter in the mail the following day that tells them, you know, so I got suspended from school. I didn't tell my mom. I faked, um, faked like I was sick, like, and I, I was said like my legs were hurting, which is believable. I had like a procedure when I was younger on my legs. So if I say my leg is hurting, it's kind of like, yeah, she's not going to question it. So I remember, you know, as soon as I, the day that she picked me up that I got suspended, um, she didn't know. I started then, started planting the seed, like, oh, my leg is <laughs> feeling weird. Because I knew when I woke when I woke up that next morning, you know, because I couldn't go to school, I had to be full-fledged, like, oh, my it leg is. is hurting, yeah. So um, she took off from work, took me to the doctor. Doctor was, like, hitting my knee, like, to test it for the reflex thing. And I wasn't consistent in how I was responding. And when I got home, she ended up telling me that, She knew the whole time, (laughs) and I definitely got in trouble. But the fact that she took off work, she took she took off work, and I'll never forget that whooping. Yo, that was that whooping was crazy. You deserved it. Yeah, I deserved that one. The lesson of that is, I just be honest. (laughs) Just just be honest. She knew the whole time that that I wasn't going to school the next day, which is crazy. So I don't see Oscars in your future. On that note, I don't think the <laughs> probably not. I'm I'm a terrible liar. Okay, I'm a terrible liar. I get that. Me too. That's why I hate. Lying. I just can't do it. Yeah. You. Yeah. All right. 
Um, well, thank you so much for stopping by and chopping up with me, man. Of course, of um, course. Thank again, you. Again, I'm a new fan, so whatever you got going on, I'm here to support it. I'll be spending it. it. Uh, just shout out your IG, let everybody know where they can follow you if they don't. Uh, if you love R&B, only if you really love it. Um, I'm on IG, Kenny Got Soul, Twitter, same thing. Uh, and if you want to tap into the vibes, Kenyon Dixon on all platforms, you know, your favorite ones. You go there, that's some R&B that you'll love. And we got vinyls coming soon. We got vinyls coming soon. <laughs> 14 weeks from now. 14 weeks is beast. That's crazy. But I really do want a vinyl. Like, no, I, I like... That's a project you could just play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Vinyls are only for projects that you could just Yo, like no play. lie. I, that's really like a collector's, like... like I, I mean, like, vinyls are really like a collector's item. And so yeah. the fans... Every other day, I kid you not, I get tweets like, so about those vinyls. And I had a fan in, I don't think that was Detroit. New York. No, New York. Pretty positive. Yeah, I see it. That was in New York. Mm -hmm. Came to the show. They had vinyls made themselves. And so they had reached out to me before. And was like, oh, is it possible to get get you to sign this? And they surprised like their partner with that is so nice. Yeah, with the vinyl. And what was crazy is it was vinyl of the album, and they put like some bonus tracks of like their favorite songs from other Aww, other albums on there. And I was so like, that was really cool. Sweet. That's genius, actually. I love. It's like, all right, this is cool. Yeah, you need to do that. I'm gonna tap into the vinyls. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like they're expensive. They're not like crazy expensive, but. That production time. It takes a long time, but I mean, shit, you took a long time to yeah. give us a deluxe. Very true. We'll, we'll wait Very on true. it. It's yeah. fine. Now, I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, there's only like two artists, I would say, within the past 10 years that I would want a vinyl. Want a vinyl from? Yeah. You and Smino with Noor. Oh, Smino is fire. Yeah. I would want a vinyl from. So one one album I want on vinyl that's not even on platforms. Bilal has an album called Love for Sale that mm. um, he kind of like unofficially released. Apparently the label wouldn't let him put it out. Mm. So it's like on SoundCloud, on YouTube, um, mat like masterful. Really? Yeah, I would love that. Confessions deserves. Oh, oh. I, I need a vinyl from that. Yes. Miguel Kaleidoscope Dream. Yo, Kaleidos- a- that is on vinyl though. Okay, so I got that. One. I have to I have yeah. to get that. <laughs> ASAP Rocky, I think it's called Long Live ASAP. It's the it's the album with, you like with the black art? and white. Yo, I love that album. Wow, I love that album. Lucky Day, Candy Drip, I love that album. I, okay, I would I would take that one and uh, paint it on vinyl. Mm-hmm. I think those are great. You know, great R and B records. But like, if there's another. If there's a more recent R and B album, I would want on vinyl. Um, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Vinyl, you really got to just let, instead of play, you enjoy Yeah, because you got to love it. it. Yeah. You got to love it. I think we named some good ones. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Hmm. I think so. I feel like there's another one I'm not thinking of. Like, I feel like there's a an album I've been playing, like, a lot in the last year. I would so. take the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And they do have vinyl, though. But, and they always sell out something. Yeah, I, didn't get the good one, but I know they have it. <laughs> um, Gotta make the vinyls happen for sure. Yeah, definitely. 